Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Hey, everyone. Thanks for jumping on today and listening to today's episode. Um, my podcast, uh, this is Adam Kipnis, client attraction expert. My podcast is always sponsored by powertexting.com. Uh, the friends at powertexting.com offer a platform that allows you to stay in contact with your prospects and your clients through quick, easy text messages versus emails that have a very low open rate. You know you get in contact with them, and powertexting.com is the platform for that. And as a special thank you, they give away a free trip to one lucky listener of every podcast that I host. I will give you more information on how to register to win that trip. You can go to Orlando, Las Vegas, Cancun. There's a number of different choices, all high-end five-star resorts, and the trip is free for hotel accommodations, so you can take the family away for three to five nights, depending on how long you want to go. And if you are listening because you need to get more clients, because you have a great business, but you need more clients, more money, and a step-by-step -step process, I encourage you to go to freebookfromadam.com. It's my eight-step book on how to get more clients without spending money on marketing or advertising. It's a totally free book and a really easy step-by-step -step read that you can implement immediately. So I encourage you to go out and grab a copy of that. I think it'll be really beneficial. I'm really excited for my guest today. Um, not only is he a veteran, and we appreciate his military service, but he's a consultant. He's a business owner. He spent his life teaching others, leading teams, and empowering people to be CEOs of their business, not just another self-employed person. Self-employed is great, but being CEO of your business and the way he says it, a dope business, and we'll get into that, is a really important factor to get your life back while increasing your income and helping more people. I'd like to introduce, introduce Gerald Jones a second. Gerald, thanks for being with me today. I appreciate it. Adam, thanks for reaching out and thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to this conversation. You got it. I'm, I'm excited to talk about, you've got a book coming out, you've got your podcast, you've got um, the businesses that you run, the people that you help, uh, and I want to get to it a little bit later, but you said you have three businesses that you could do without having to um, leave your job, which is going to be really interesting. But I want to start out with your journey. How did you become an entrepreneur? What was your path that led you to start these businesses and help more people? Yeah, I, I, I think I've taken a very untraditional path through entrepreneurship. Uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs, they just know early, right? Uh, I was not that guy. My, my mom was a project manager. My dad was a fast food restaurant manager. Uh, my grandparents, one was a, a pastor. My other grandfather was a postal worker. Uh, working for people has been in my bones my entire life, and I've been a really great employee. Um, I spent almost 20 years in the military so far, and I've been in the corporate world now for almost a decade. And um, it, it never was a thing in my life of I'm going to run my own business. I always saw myself as a great employee who could manage somebody else's business, but I wouldn't have to take that risk. Well, 
Um, when I moved uh, to where I'm at, at now in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, with the company that I, I am still with, I'm still in the corporate world, um, I got here, and for the first time in my life, I had people who were getting in my way uh, and telling me that basically they held the keys to my career, and I needed to go through them and please them in order to go where I wanted to go. And uh, immediately I, I said, I'm done uh, doing this. I know more than you because I do more research and I practice better, and I can do this without you. And so I started trying to figure out, well, how do I translate being a, a, a performance consultant into being a business owner who provides performance consulting without that safety net above me? Um, so that was really where I got started. It was about four years ago when I moved here. And uh, I, I, I took the risk of saying to my company, hey, this is where I want to go with my career. I want to leave soon. And... I'm going to start making plans for that. And so I let them know that I was going to start doing some things on the side to start working my way towards that because I've got a family and I've got a career that, that pays the mortgage. And it ain't easy when you're in your mid-30s to just quit and say, all right, you guys, go on this trip with me. So um, they were very understanding of that. And, and since then, I've just started um, working towards understanding how to be a business owner uh, because doing something that you love is one thing, but running a business that provides a service that does things you love is a whole different thing, and a lot of business owners just never make that transition. Uh, and so that's, that's what I wanted to learn is how to run a business, how to do it um, functionally and legally and still be able to provide the service to customers. So that, that's really how I got started. That's very cool. And you, coming from your military background plus a corporate background, um, you, had, you came from rules-based environments. The entrepreneurial world is not always a rules-based environment. There, there's a, a lot of free form to it. There's a lot of acting on the fly. How did you learn to transition from this very specific rules, follow the rules, follow the steps process to a free-form business environment where you were the creator. Adam, that part was really easy because I was never good at following the rules. <laughs> in, in the Marines, <laughs> in the Air Force, in the corporate world, uh, to me, most of the rules are set uh, by people who don't understand how to get the job done. They're rules people. And um, you need rules to keep some kind of order, but the people who succeed are the ones who innovate, and innovation is all about breaking the rules to try to use things that were meant for one thing in a way that solves another problem. So um, I, I think that's always just kind of been in me is when I see things being done because that's the way we've always done it, I immediately buck against that, and I say, no, there's a better way to do this. Let's try it this way. Let's try it that way. And that's part of what's made me really successful in the corporate world, but it's also the same thing that got me to that point where somebody said, no, you need to fit in our box and shut up in color and do things our way, even though our way isn't really taking us where we want to go. Um, so it is. It's, it's very hard to, to break out of that mold if you're in it, but I've always been a person who I just want to solve problems and help people win, and when the system gets in the way of solving problems and when the system is causing people to lose, I just, I just 
buck the system and dare people to tell me I can't. Well, I think we can do an entire podcast on how you are in the Marines and bucking the system, but, but we'll, we can take that <laughs> for another day. Um, when, when you started the business four years ago, um, you, know, you, you put yourself out there and, and, and you took that, that leap. What was, the first, what was the first major success that you had that kept you going, and what was the first big hurdle, big roadblock, big wall that you ran into that, that made you question, is this the right move for me? Yeah, I, so as much as I'm a person who likes to try uh, new things and buck the system, I'm also a very risk-averse person. That's why I took the risk of telling my company I'm going to do these things because I didn't want to just go out there and start and, and be in the dark, in the shadows. Um, so the first thing that I started was actually just a small retail arbitrage business, you know, going out to Walmart or Target, finding things that are on clearance, checking Amazon to see if I can make a profit on it. And then if I can, I'd buy it, I'd send it to Amazon, I'd make a profit. Um, within a month, I was in the black on that. It, it's not a very hard business model to make money with, and that's why I chose it to get started because I knew that um, if I just make the right buying decisions and I get the products out to Amazon, they'll handle everything else for me. Uh, it makes life simple, and I could, I could focus on learning the management of the business part, which I did. Um, as I was doing that, uh, other things came in front of me. Um, uh, specifically, in, in that year in 2016, uh, the, the killings of – Alton Sterling and Philando Castile were really what sparked me to say, you've got to do something that is designed to help the black community and kind of change that future. And that was where the idea for the podcast came in. And that was really the first challenge because I had never created before. I'd never been a, a, a media platform before. I'd never been behind a microphone. So first figuring out how, how do you do a podcast and figuring out, Will people actually want to be a part of this? That was the first challenge, uh, and, and I met that challenge by uh, just sending out cold emails and saying, hey, I've got an idea for this thing. Would your business want to be a part of it? Uh, and I sent out 20 cold emails. Ten people responded. Five people said, heck yes. And I was even as a person who knew nothing about marketing, I knew that was a really high response and conversion rate. So uh, I knew that I had to go with that program, and then over the course of a couple of months, I put the podcast together. I launched it in 2017, and you know I, I thought I was going to change the world. And within a couple of months, I realized not only are you not going to change the world with a podcast in a month, but everything else in your plate has fallen off because this takes a lot of time, interviewing people, editing, everything like that. And that was really the first challenge where I said, you know, something's going to have to give because as much good work as you're doing, as much feedback as you're getting about how well this is working, you've got a retail arbitrage business, a family, a corporate job, and a podcast that's now taking a huge chunk of your time. You're going to have to either quit something or change the way you're doing this. And that is a, a really big challenge for entrepreneurs in general, but especially newer entrepreneurs or those starting out um, that are doing everything that themselves, is that something's got to give and, and something fails. When something succeeds, something fails. It almost becomes a zero-sum game. But through your work and, and the last couple years, you're able to now have three businesses and a job and a family because you've transformed from being the doer 
to more of the CEO. How did that transformation happen and what steps did you take to make it happen? It started with automation. Uh, I knew immediately, you know, podcast doesn't immediately start making you money. The, the retail arbitrage business was great. It was profitable, but I wasn't doing it large scale because I wasn't really doing that to make money. And so I didn't have money sitting in front of me to say, well, I'm just going to outsource the editing and I'm going to outsource getting the interviews and I'm going to outsource all this that, and the other. Um, I didn't have that, but I knew I needed to get it off my plate. So I started looking for tools to automate a lot of the process. And I started with the things that were taking me the most time. And the, the thing that took me the most time was finding guests and interviewing and pre-interviewing those guests and scheduling all of that. That was taking a lot of my time, and I was missing appointments, and I was forgetting things. So I looked for a tool, and I, I found 10to8.com, which I still use today. Uh, it was the only appointment scheduling software that was out there that offered all of these uh, paid level um, features for free. And I was like, I don't have any money. I'm going to start using this. And so I used 10to8.com, and I coupled it with Google Forms, and I created a guest application system where people would find it on my website. They would apply to be a guest. They would immediately get redirected to my, um, to my booking page. They would book a pre-interview with me. And then this system would remind them, and it would remind me all the way up to the meeting and I went from a point where I was missing podcast interviews and I was forgetting appointments with people to where I wasn't even looking at the system until 30 minutes before I had a pre-interview. And I'd get a ping on my phone. I would click on a link. It would open up their guest information form. I'd look at their website over that 30 minutes. And then I'd call them right Johnny on the spot. I'd have all the information there. We would talk. We would schedule the next uh, call for the interview. We were off the phone. And it was, it was magnificent. I had people who were telling me how professional my team was, how great it is that I've got such good people working for me. They're sending these great reminders. It was wonderful. I love seeing a black-owned business who's got their stuff together. You really hired some good people. And I'm sitting here like I, I'm using an automation software. That was the first time I realized the power of automation to, make, uh, to be a force multiplier, which is a term we use in the military a lot, uh, to make two hands turn into ten without having to pay anybody. And, and from that point forward, I just started looking for every opportunity I had to automate. And then the things that I couldn't automate, that's when I started looking to outsource. I, I love that. And automation is obviously a huge buzzword for, for any business and, and trying to do it. But one thing that people can, can run into with too much automation comes a lack of personalization. How are you able to keep personalization in your business so people feel like you and your team are doing everything when it's automated? You know, the thing about it is that if you try to automate the personal parts of it, that's when you're going to lose that. What I try to automate is the pieces in between. I want to automate the point between where they first find out about me to the first time we get on a phone call. That's what I want to automate. Everything is going to draw them to the point where we can make that personal connection without me having to do all the back-end work. Uh, where I think businesses and, and individuals go wrong is where they try to pull themselves out of the engagement with their customers or their clients um, through automation as opposed to using automation to draw those people to you so that you can really build that relationship personally. That's 
hugely important, and I'm glad I'm glad you're able to delineate for our listeners the difference between automating to make things faster versus automating the things that can be automated. That's a really, really important point. We're here talking to Gerald Jones II. Uh, you can reach him at www.dopebusinessplan.com is his website or the Buy Black podcast. Um, as I mentioned, we're brought to you in part by powertexting.com. And I mentioned that powertexting.com gives away a free trip to one of our lucky listeners to every episode. And if you're interested in winning that trip, go to podcasttrip.com, enter your information, and somebody will win. And Gerald, when you get people on your podcast, when you have people coming into your business, when you um, engage with them for the first time, how do you ensure that they're the right people for you? Business owners sometimes take anyone who will come. How do you help make sure it's the right client and someone you can really help? Right. Well, well, that's why I, even though it took a lot of time, I always made sure with my podcast, I always have a pre-interview process. Um, I know that there's a way to automate that process completely to where you get all the information you need and then you interview. Um, I wanted to do a pre-interview process with that because the whole purpose of my podcast, which is by Black, the voice of black business, was to make sure that um, people who want to support black-owned businesses can find quality black-owned businesses to give their dollars to in exchange for really quality goods and services. And then I also wanted to make sure that those businesses were uh, available to people, that they had an online presence, that they actually had a quality product. Um, I, I don't want people to, to buy black simply because it's a black-owned business, but because it's a quality black-owned business that's getting overlooked in the market and that needs more exposure. So um, I always use that pre-interview process to vet people. And, and uh, there were some folks who I just had to say, you know, you're not ready for me yet. Um, the great thing about doing a podcast like I do, though, is that I talk to so many business owners and so many entrepreneurs, and a lot of them are out in the service industries. So the few times I've had to turn someone away, I never have to turn them away empty-handed because I can say, hey, I've got the perfect person who can help you get ready to be on a show like mine, and I will directly connect them with that coach or that consultant who can walk them down the path where they needed to get. And so that was really my, my, um, my way of making sure that I filtered the right people to be on my podcast. Um, and it works the same way with, with the business that I've launched now with Dope Business Plan. You know, as you, as you know, I mean, client attraction is your thing. Attracting clients is one thing, but then attracting and then filtering out those clients is another, and, and it all comes to having a good client path. Uh, you know, I, I've got a coach. I think all of the best coaches have coaches, and, and she doesn't like the word funnels, right? And I don't either. Um, she talks about having a client path. The first contact to the point where that client is ready to pay you money for your services, at every step along that way, it's a vetting process to find out if they're right if they're really serious about solving their problem, if that problem is worth solving to them, or if, they're, if you're the right coach or consultant for them. And if you can put the right steps in that path along the line, the wrong people will filter themselves out. And so you really only get to the point where you're engaging with the right client, the right customer, 
Um, but that's work. Putting, putting all of that in place is, is a lot of work and a lot of value that you really need to be building and giving to people before they get to the point where you're saying, hey, here's how much it costs to work with me. Right. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And, and because some, sometimes if you lead with how much it costs and you haven't gotten them through that path to the point, everything's expensive. And, and so you've defined how you do that. Now, tell us a little bit about the, the path and the process of Dope Business Plan, what, what you do with it and how it helps the clients that, that are right for you. Absolutely. So one of the great things, I think a happy accident of, of all of this is that I did start my podcast um, a, a year and a half ago, and I have interviewed almost 50 entrepreneurs on all different subjects. So I've got this big mountain of content that solves problems for people already, and it's already available for free and for repurposing and all of these wonderful things. Um, and then I've also built specific content for the Dope Business Plan. So initial contact for, for my program a lot of times is through, let's say, being on a podcast called The Entrepreneur's MPA, MBA um, and just letting people know that I exist. There's also social media and uh, paid advertising and things like that. But that first entry point is really something of real value. Um, I, I'm not a fan of, of, hey, give me your email address and I'll, you know, uh, answer this one question for you or something like that. Um, what I've built is an assessment, and, and that business owner assessment asks questions that cause a small business owner to reflect on the structure they built in their business and to really see where are they on a scale from being self-employed to being a CEO of a business that, that kind of runs itself with the right processes. So uh, the assessment, I put a lot of time and energy into it. It's, it's got 20 questions, and out of those 20 questions, a person is going to find, hey, are you self-employed? Are you an ambitious entrepreneur? Are you a busy business owner, or are you a CEO? And it gives recommendations for how to move from one step to the next. That's free. Uh, that's a way for people to initiate connection with me and, and kind of start moving down that client path. I've also and where do, got, people, where do um, people go oh, for that assessment? Yep, go ahead. The, um, so that assessment you can actually get at uh, www.dopebusinessplan.com slash CEO. And you go there. It's a type form. Go through the assessment. It does cost you a little something. It's called an email address, but the value of going through it, getting the answers, and getting the feedback is worth much more than the email address, which is the whole purpose of this. You want to give more value than what you're asking for if you really want to show people, hey, I, I've got the ability to solve your problem. That's great. So I, I encourage everyone to go and do the assessment because no matter what information we give here, no matter who on the, you know, pe the people I interview on um, my podcast, the people that, that Gerald's interviewed on his, great information is only useful if you can implement it. So knowing where you are in your path, in your career, in your business, allows you to know what the next step to take is. And when you're working with clients and getting them to take that next step, um, they get a, a, a sense of success, a sense of um, fulfillment 
that allows them to continue on that path. Can you talk to us about a, a client success story, where they came to you, where they were when they came to you, and how you were able to help them move forward? Yeah, so I can, I can talk to you about some times that uh, I wouldn't call them a client because up until this year, I've been doing this for free. That was another thing I learned. Um, I, I was giving away everything without eventually getting to the point of saying, hey, let's formalize this and I can help you out. But um, I'll give you a, a really, really good example. Um, one of the earliest people who came on my show, his game named Mike De Los Santos, and he's got a barbecue sauce company. Uh, some of the best barbecue sauce I've tasted. I keep like six bottles in the house. Um, but Mike has been in business for about six years now, and he's on a growth trajectory. Um, he, he's, got, he's won advertising awards. He's won world championships uh, with his different sauces and rubs, and he's got a goal. And he's got a goal to build this business into a point of having a, a brick-and-mortar store that not only supports his business but also provides a place for other black-owned businesses to have products in the store. So Mike actually went through one of my live training sessions, just a little one-hour training session, and then uh, we talked afterwards, and he took the assessment. And in the assessment, what he saw was he has a hard time trusting people to do some of the tasks that he's still doing, right? And, and he's well on his way to being a full CEO. But just taking that assessment and asking those questions, he saw I'm, I'm answering that I still handle a lot of these mundane things, and then I'm thinking, you know, I have a hard time trusting somebody else to do these things. So afterwards, we had a conversation about trust and about how to vet people and how to select people in such a way that, you know, you do have to trust them, but you're making sure that your candidates are, are already qualified. Uh, and so from that short conversation, he immediately went out and he started looking for opportunities to outsource some of the smaller tasks that he had. Uh, and shortly after that, as he and I are very good friends, he started seeing, hey, I've got more time to focus on the most important pieces. As a fire pops up, I'm not panicked. I've got the ability to solve that problem because I have outsourced and offloaded a few of these other things, and it becomes easier to trust the more that you learn how to, how to build trust and how to make sure you have the right people working with you. And so that's just not a huge success, as you would say. You know, I, I, don't, I don't proclaim to be the guy who's got the answer that's going to suddenly drop stacks of money onto your desk. Um, I, I do this to try to help business owners to get more time with their life, with their family, while the business can actually grow on a strong trajectory. To me, full success is seeing somebody go from not being able to take a vacation, not being able to take time off, to being able to put the phone down, close the computer, go away for a week or two, enjoy life with their family, and trust that everything's still going to work and be functioning when they get back. That's freedom. And that's huge, right? That's, that's the, the biggest part. The reason why a lot of people start businesses, the reason why people work the long hours early in their life is with the idea that they can make more money, and if they make more money, they'll be able to live this life of luxury. But what happens to so many of us, myself included at times, is we continue to make more money, but we create more work at the same time. 
and what you're able to, you were able to help him with and what you were able to do for yourself and you can do for the listeners is whether it's the same amount of money, if you create capacity, you can spend more time with your kids. You can go on vacation. You can use that time to grow the business more. But if you create the capacity first, the success in life will follow. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's what it is. And it's also a matter of focus. That's another thing is that there are so many things you have to do in business. However, all of those things really fall under one of three different main areas that you need to focus on if you want your business to be a success. Uh, and this is a lesson I learned from my experience in the military and my experience in sports. Um, I've, I've done quite well in both. And one of the things about the military, especially special forces, they focus on being good at three things. They are the best at the three most basic things that it takes to win in combat, and that is shooting accurately, moving efficiently, and communicating effectively. And when special forces go out and rehearse, they rehearse those three things, and they become perfect at them. When you look at a basketball team, let's say the Golden State Warriors, before Kevin Durant, they weren't the biggest, they weren't, they weren't the, the superstar studded team at the time. What made them so much better was that they shot the ball more accurately than everybody else. They moved the ball more efficiently than everyone else, and they communicated with each other, verbally and non-verbally, more efficiently than everybody else. When you do those three things, in any type of competitive situation, you're going to win. In business, it's the same thing. You have to accurately identify who you're providing value for, and you need to create the value that actually solves the problem that they have. Right? That's accuracy. Yep. You've got to create a really smooth and seamless experience for that customer so that you can deliver the value to them in a way that they get it and it solves their problem and it's easy for them. And you also have to make it easy for them to give you money. We, we fail at that a lot of times too. Somebody wants to give us money and it's like, oh, you can send me a check. You got to make this process smooth and efficient for people, right? Efficiency. And then yep. you got to build relationships, communication, effective communication of your um, message to the right people. Shoot, move, and communicate. Those are the basics of winning in any competitive environment. It's the same for business. And when you can get a small business owner to focus on doing those three things perfectly and working towards improving the way that they manage those three things, you also cut out a bunch of those other distractors that just turn into busy work. Wow. So you, you've got you've got the the, the steps for business owners to take, you've got ways for them to create capacity in their lives. You've got the path for them all built out. But the key to a successful business when it comes to long-term viability and growth is attracting more clients. And now that you've got that path for them to engage with you or find out about you until the time that you're able to to help them implement these steps. Um, you've got that dialed in, but you need to get people on that path. How do you attract clients for your business, and what tips can, can you provide to our listeners so they can follow your model and do the same? Yeah, so the very first tip I have is be true to yourself. Um, 
be true to who you are because if you're not, the people you try to engage with, are they're going to see right through it. I personally, I hate social media. Um, I, I'm just, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy being on it. I don't enjoy trying to post to it. And the times that I've tried to engage in finding and connecting with people on social media really hasn't worked very well. Um, what I love, what I'm great at, I'm great at one-on-one -on -one conversations. I'm great at small group conversations. Uh, I'm really good at, at listening to what people are, are feeling. Uh, I'm an empath in that way and, and really connecting with what it is that they're trying to get to. And so what I really try to do is I try to create a path that pulls people into a, a small group or a one-on-one -on -one situation uh, with me by connecting with them on platforms where I'm talking to them as a small group or one-on-one. -on -one. And so my, uh, my client attraction strategy is really around podcasts. I'm good at it. I've been doing it for a year and a half. I really enjoy having conversations with folks like you, Adam. And uh, the more podcasts that I can get onto – and leverage the power of OPP, other people's platforms, um, the more likely that the right customers and clients are going to come and connect with me at the, at the beginning of my client path. And, and that tied with going out and doing speaking engagements, doing speaking events, those are the two ways that I'm going to be most effective at connecting with the right clients, and that's what's been working for me because that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. That's what I do if it didn't bring me a single dime. And so that's where I really try to focus on connecting with the right customers and clients. That's great. It's, re it's really interesting that you say that, and I think it's a really important point for, for everyone who's listening to, to really think about. We live in this social media-dominated world, or at least that's what's in front of us every day, and that's what people talk about especially when it comes to growth and client attraction. But it's knowing what you're good at, just as you said, that really is how to win. If, if you're terrible at public speaking, if I tell you that speaking is the best way to get clients, that's probably not going to be true for you. If I tell you that you need to have a book, but you don't like to write, that might not be the best, best model for you. But if you're really good at connecting with people in person. There are small group events. There's the chambers in different states. Meetup, obviously, is a great place to go to get in front of other people. If that's what you're good at, do that. If you're great at the, on the phone, then pick up the phone. If you're great at helping tell stories and, and learning about people through interviews like Gerald is, then you can use a podcast. You can use a radio show. You can use other people's platforms, and I think you mentioned it. I don't know if it was when we were talking um, before the show or on the show, o OPP, other people's platforms. People are looking for content every day. I'm looking for content every day to make my show better, to get more listeners so people can learn more, and I found you in order to help do that. So know what you're good at and do it. Last question for me, and I really appreciate just the, the clarity with which, with which you've brought ideas to the table. What's one thing that you recommend or can recommend to our listeners if they're a little stuck and they want to create capacity like you've been able to do for yourself and others, what's one thing they can do? They can take your assessment at, um, at dopebusinessplan.com slash CEO and learn where they are. But, but what's a step that they can take on their own today after they listen to the show and, and begin moving forward immediately? 
So the, the first step that I would recommend that they take would be to go to dopebusinessplan.com and sign up for the free mindset module. Um, when you do that, you will actually get access to a one-hour video that is a, it's a training session that I did. But that video breaks down what I was just talking about, about being brilliant in the basics. And it also breaks down the dope business plan, which of course is an acronym that stands for define your strategic objectives, organize your business model around your life rather than organizing your life around your business, prioritize your work streams so that you can automate and delegate, and then execute your role as the chief executive. Uh, if you do that, it will give you a foundation for understanding the concept of what I've um, talked about. And then the other really, really powerful thing that you can do, uh, if you are not the type of person who goes out searching for automation tools like I do, um, I've actually put together a free ebook that is an automation buyer's guide, and I talk about 11 different automation tools that are out on the market right now, most of which you can start using for free or that offer completely free plans that can start taking work off of your plate and automating that so that you can get back to focusing on those three things, accuracy, efficiency, and effectiveness. And they can get that, um, that automation buyer's guide at dopebusinessplan.com slash get the book. Again, it's completely free. And um, in that guide, I talk about many of the tools that I have used. Uh, I give you some of the stories about how they have saved my life and changed my life. And then I also give you alternates to those tools because some of them cost money and they're free alternates that may not be as good, but for some people, Free is the only thing that, that matters right now. And so I tried to put um, a lot of value in that book that people can pick up immediately. They can go start trying these t automation tools. And just like anything else, you know, people say practice makes perfect, but I don't believe that. Perfect practice makes perfect. So if you get out there and you start just trying different ways to automate things in your business, you can start small, you can perfect a process, and then you move on to the next one. Um, but that's, that's where I'd recommend getting started. That's awesome. Well, uh, I know our listeners will appreciate it, and I appreciate the time and the ideas that you've given. Uh, definitely go to the Dope Business Plan website and learn more about Gerald and, and the ways that, that he can help you through the assessment, through the book, and through the mindset module. Um, if you want to win the trip, and I encourage everyone to try and win a trip because it's a wonderful thing. I've had the opportunity to take them myself. Uh, go to podcasttrip.com. Thanks, Gerald, for being here. I really appreciate the, the nuggets. I appreciate the time. And, and just thanks for, for giving information to the listeners on the show. Absolutely, Adam. Well, thank you for having me on. I, I am a teacher at heart and by trade, so I just love going out and finding information and then getting it to other people. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. You got it. And thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Look forward to having you on the next episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA Podcast. Thanks. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.